While most cities in the United States had electricity in the 1930s, rural farmland lagged far behind. By 1935, only about 10 percent of farms received electricity. So in 1936, the federal government passed the Rural Electrification Act. The law ensured that even the most remote areas of the country would have the option of electricity. And by 1959, 90% of farms in the U.S. had electricity. Officials who closely follow the implementation of broadband to rural areas of the country today believe something similar would need to happen to make a drastic positive change to Internet availability. Oh, we've spent billions of dollars and not, don't have a whole lot to show for it. Mark Jamison is a professor and director of the Public Utility Research Center at the University of Florida. He says plenty of money has been doled out for broadband, but not much has been done to improve the situation. Jamison says there were two major issues with previous money handed out by the federal government to address broadband. The first being the Federal Communications Commission controlled the subsidy system and gave the money to telephone companies rather than where it was actually needed, internet infrastructure. They had no benchmarks they had to meet. They just simply had to spend the money, which they did. Um, but not a lot of broadband was developed with that. The second concern is politics. If you look at who got the money, it was largely people who were politically aligned with whatever political party was in power. And to the best of our ability to try and study how much broadband was actually added, we can't find that any was actually added. The recently passed infrastructure package is going to feed another $65 billion into broadband initiatives across the United States. Once again, officials are concerned about how that money will be handed out and if the state and local governments will be able to handle it correctly. Jonathan Chambers works for Connection, a company that specializes in getting fiber optic broadband networks to rural regions of the U.S. He also used to work for the FCC. Chambers says based on his company's estimations, it would cost roughly $50 billion to get fiber optic networks across the entire country. We've done this calculation county by county. For the state of Florida, we estimate it to be about $940 million, so a little less than a billion dollars. Chambers believes fiber optic networks will be the best option for this newly built infrastructure, rather than other options like satellite or fixed wireless systems, since fiber optics are the highest quality and will remain the standard longest. I don't think if you're making an investment in rural areas or anywhere using public money, you should just strive for the minimum. I think you should try to get at least the level of service everybody else has, and I think you should invest in the best type of technology. Other experts who evaluate these internet networks think differently. GeoPartners is a Minnesota-based company that evaluates areas of need for broadband. They've helped identify internet issues in several counties throughout North Florida, including Dixie, Union, and Madison. Glenn Fishbein is one of the company's founders. He says fiber optic networks can't be the only solution. There's a limited amount of money. And that amount of money is not sufficient to bring broadband to everybody who needs broadband. So the question is, do I want to deliver the best quality service to a limited number of people, or do I want to deliver the best I can to the maximum number of people? Fishbein says if fiber optic broadband is the only type of infrastructure utilized, many will still be left in the dark. A typical county may cost you $40 million to drop a fiber network in there. They've got $4 million worth of grant money. That means they're going to populate 10% of that county with fiber, and the other 90% is going to have to wait for the next windfall. Meanwhile, people who have worked at the federal level are concerned about mismanagement of such a large sum of funds. 
Larry Irving was a former federal official and principal advisor for telecommunications during the Bill Clinton administration. He's known for making the term digital divide popular, referring to the discrepancy between certain populations' access to technological resources like the Internet. Irving says he's seen the priorities change from administration to administration when it comes to closing that divide. We had a vision of what it could be, and that vision looks a lot like what you're seeing today, education, healthcare, commerce, blah, blah, blah. For eight years, it was like, you know, it's not the government's role. It'll happen if it happened, laissez-faire, market economy. If you're poor, you don't have it, you really don't have it, you'll get over it. And then it flipped into a political thing about 2015, 2016, where, and so in the last five years, the digital divide has become almost purely a rural concept, at least for some politicians. Seeing the ebb and flow of the issue between the political tides of different administrations has been difficult to navigate for Irving. Over 25 years, it's been frustrating as hell, man, because we've had the resources, we've known what we need to do. Despite that frustration, Irving is still holding out hope that the latest sum of $60 billion will have a strong impact. Despite having seen 25 years of bad policy that's led us to a place where too many millions of Americans don't have the broadband they deserve, I'm still an optimist that we can get this right. I'm not sure that I'm an optimist that we will get this right. Mignon Clyburn is a former federal communications commissioner and now travels the country talking about the importance of bridging the digital divide. Clyburn says when money has been spent before, it's been about profits over people, meaning low-income areas were being left out. She believes this time around, officials should see these underserved communities as untapped markets. If I have more access uh, to educational opportunities, uh, to job and entrepreneurial pursuits, um, you know, to, to health care options, what does that fuel? Um, that fuels more doctors, more nurses, uh, you know, more teach, you know, more educators and the like. That actually fuels the economy because those are unmet needs. She says it's essential officials are giving people on the ground level a chance to say what's best for their communities this time. The only way to put our thumb on the scale to prevent that is for more inclusion of those vital voices, of those, you know, uh, you know places and communities um, that might not speak and use the same terms. They might, their subject and verbs may not agree, but they know what they need. Of the $65 billion going to broadband from the latest infrastructure bill, $42.5 billion is designated for the Broadband Equity Access and Deployment Program, which is designed to revamp the internet connection in underserved areas. Each state will start by receiving $100 million for broadband grants. Congress has given the National Telecommunications and Information Administration 180 days from November 15th when the latest infrastructure bill was signed by President Biden to kickstart their programs. Sky LeBron, WUFT News.